and you go skiing and you want to share a bottle with some friends and just talk and be warm and enjoy your cozy evening next to the fire. This will be a good one. This is a hundred and then and then your friends are looking at you and you go, oh, 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 and you say, wait a minute, let me show you something. And you put your legs over your head and you pull Throw the lighter it. out and you light a fart on fire and everybody laughs. This is your whiskey. Welcome once again to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should and you probably are. Uh, on this week's episode, we are doing a crazy whiskey called Remus Volstead, which I know nothing about and I'm super excited for Cole's notes on it and learn a little bit here myself. Uh, not that Cole doesn't already teach me something about whiskey every week, but this whiskey, I've got lots to learn, so I'm excited about that. Um, also, before we get into the show, just say, hey, hit us up on Instagram. We'd love to talk to you, chit-chat with you, and you can also hit us up on patreon.com slash chillfiltered. Is that right? Then get it. it. Yeah. One other thing I do want to mention, uh-huh. and I, have, I didn't mention this to Cole, but uh, from the bottom of my heart, if you're listening to Texas this week, you know, we're recording today on the 18th of February, and Texas has had it, got it pretty rough right now. I know there's a lot of power outages and, and things going wrong, but if you're one of our listeners in Texas and you need your spirits lifted, send us a message. We'd love to talk to you, and uh, you know maybe we can do something to help lift your spirits. So anyway, you guys are uh, definitely in our thoughts and prayers and hoping everything things are starting to look up soon for you. So that's about all I had for the business. Cole, how you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. <laughs> I yeah. What if I just pause like a really long time? I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, are you? Are, are you really, really good? Huh? No. Uh. Yeah. It's been a good week. Uh. I'm trying to like, what? What do I say first? Because there's a few things. Like I work. I I got this project that I'm finishing up, and it feels really good to be finishing it up. Yeah. Uh. And what's new though? Um. That's the question. I, yeah, not, just just chugging chugging through the week. It's one of those weeks where nothing's too special. Did, uh, <laughs> jewelry has been slow and then kicked it back up again, which I am down for. I'm trying to think though, like what? There's got to be something this week that's like you know cool. What my my go to thing when you have a week like that, Cole, is you just say things like, "I tried to make this for dinner. Someone help me improve it." That's what I do, you know. And so, did you cook anything this week? Oh, really? That's what I did last week. <laughs> Yeah, and then you start talking about Chuck E. Cheese. Oh man, that the way I do that <laughs> reminds me so much of a Chuck E. Cheese. I'll get into it later, though. <laughs> no, let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a chill week. I got to. I was really stoked. Um, Caleb Olson, one of our favorite listeners, he uh, he knows. Well, first of all, he sent that. I think I talked about this a little bit last week, but he, he knows that we loved the Driftless Glen pick. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to actually, uh, he, he, I, I paid him to get me a bottle or two. And, um, and so, and even for the shipping of the courier man and, um, and then we, yeah, it was supposed to arrive today. The courier was, was supposed to show his masculine form, in uh my front door today <laughs> and he did not uh he said i am stuck in some place that is cold oh. and i will get it to you hopefully tomorrow uh, so that was kind of a bummer in a way but it's also like i'm freaking getting two of the like the best Dude. uh driftless glen barrel pig rise uh, which are also um cast strength so i'm really excited about that seriously no I'm trying to think though when he was like I, who's asking us if we had get some bottles uh-huh. i still am like uh, my bourbon budget's been blown i'll hold on to one for you i might not i mean i'm not gonna open both bottles at once so maybe if you change your mind okay you're a good man i know uh caleb would like that i yeah. would love yeah it's just so. it was at the time i was like oh today's a bad day to ask so you know how it is mm-hmm. some days some days be like that some days do be like that <laughs> as the kids say uh-huh. And yeah, I you know it's a good week. I I more and more uh, we get closer to me having a little baby girl. I, the more and more excited I get, mm-hmm. I think that I will do an okay job being a dad, uh, <laughs> which I'm excited about. Yeah, no, and I fun. mean like I think I'll do a good job, you know. And, and I, uh, I I want to treat this girl like a little princess, and you know there'll be hard times, there'll be good times, but I'm gonna soak it all in. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Sometimes your princess screams at you, nude and sopping wet, because yeah. she splashed her sister in the face and kicked at her in the tub and screams at you for like five, ten minutes straight because you're not mommy. So, you know, sometimes... That sounds like Finley. Princesses be doing that. No, that's <laughs> that's Judy. Princesses be like that, though. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Judy. Judy. Yeah. No, Judy is... Uh, I love how different both of those girls are. are. That is such a blessing Judy to get are. two special personalities out of those twins. It's funny. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, Finley and Amara are very similar. And Junie is... Really? Yeah. Yep, I could see that. Yeah, Finley and Amara are the... <laughs> Junie's like Chelsea. Dude... And then some, like she's similar, more similar to Chelsea, yeah. but she's definitely different than Chelsea. In a lot of ways. Uh-huh. But she like Junie, like we just say Junie is Junie. Like Junie doesn't care. Like Junie really does not care. <laughs> Junie don't care. She though. doesn't like you like, oh my yeah. gosh. Like if you just slightly raise your voice or look at Finley wrong, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Junie, like, Junie, stop jumping on the couch. Okay. Looks at you <laughs> goes, hey daddy. And jumps. Not- like, specifically gets your attention and then jumps. Like, <laughs> And like, and I, it's, I feel bad. So let me guess. Junie was born first. She was born first. But here's the funny thing. That's, it's always the second girl, dude. Here's the, it's always so, the second but here's girl. Here's the funny thing. In utero, um, mm-hmm. Finley had, she was, she uh, was having. Oh, I she, thought you were going to talk about Nirvana for a second. <laughs> Go on. I could. I, oh, man. Yeah, you could have. Uh, but in, in utero, uh, not the mm-hmm. man, not the album. Uh, Finley was like yeah. was having trouble like she, her placenta was like not as good as Junie's and was like struggling to grow but she <laughs> she was like the dominant one like she pushed and would kick Juniper into like a corner of the womb and so Junie came out oh, she no. has tort- had torticollis where it's like her head was just, like uh-huh. she was so used to being crammed one way and wouldn't move her head much because Finley was like doing flips oh, and no. somersaults and stuff like that and like uh-huh. I don't know it's funny because then, like, the, you would think Finley would be the like, I don't care, I'm doing what I want, and it's totally opposite based on that. So I don't know. The kids are crazy, man. So I just, I just thought of something. What did you think of when you have twins of the same gender, mm-hmm. and you know, in utero uh, through the um, ultrasound, they look pretty much the same. You know, how do you name which one which? Like, do you just? feel it the day of you're like all right you're the you're the juniper and you're the finley so interestingly interestingly enough they do look different in mm-hmm. the, on the ultrasounds um oh cool if, uh, now, next time you're next time you're here i'll show you like um the ultrasounds you can definitely tell it's juniper's lips and you can tell finley's lips and like they and then like when, and when they do and like it's head shape too and stuff like that and then when they do the ultrasounds mm-hmm. they tell you like this is baby a and this is baby b so they always mark and I don't want to say that for the most part they can figure that out. I'm sure there's cases where they just completely, like if they were identical twins, they'd probably mix it up. But we knew baby A was Juniper yeah. and we knew baby B was Finley. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, how are you doing, Robbie? I've talked about a lot of things and yeah. not your life. No, that's... No, I mean, your life, you but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. You talking about yourself yeah. was mostly my life. and <laughs> I think so. Um, no, I'm good. Like uh, I got my second vaccination, vac- uh, COVID vaccine on Sunday, and you're vaccinated. I was vaccinated, and it threw me, man. Like I got my vaccination at nine, and we kind of had a little bit of a mo- like stuff planned in the morning, just kind of hanging out. We got some breakfast to go and stuff like that, and then I slowly nice. got more and more tired. And then like at six Rough. or seven, Chelsea's like, "Rob, you can just go lay down. I'll take care of the girls." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, thanks." Like full on shivers. Like I was like, my teeth are chattering. Got this fever. Like ten o'clock at night, oh, started rough. puking, and then like oh, no. right about two o'clock, I woke up and felt fine, and then I went back to bed. That's good. And I was just tired. And then the next day I was just tired. So it was inter- it was kind of interesting. Um, uh-huh. So we got my vaccine done. And then uh, what else this week? Man, I feel like there was something else. Oh, well, there was something. There was something else I wanted to talk to you about. I can't remember. Balls. It'll hit you, and then we'll just interrupt everything, oh, yeah. and then <laughs> just do it like we normally it. do. So, Colonel Remus Volstead, shut up, Cole. Shut up. I got something to tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I figured it out. <laughs> no, that would be acceptable, actually. Um, you know what? I, I don't want to call people stupid. Oh, okay. Um, I, but I, when people talk about the vaccine, they're like, did you hear there's like symptoms that can go with it? I'm like, no, that's what a vaccine is. Like you are getting sick. 
they're not just injecting you with antibodies. They are injecting you with the way to get antibodies mm-hmm. very quickly, as opposed to a week or a lot longer without taste, you know, re- you know, receptors or whatever goes down. But but like I've had I've had that conversation like a few times recently. We're like, did you hear you can like get sick from the vaccine? And I'm like, every vaccine, including the flu vaccine, gets you sick. It it's a non-active whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Chelsea would know. You might even know. Well, it's it's um, essentially they put a, the puzzle pieces of the virus into your body, and then your body figures out, oh, exactly. crap, this is the virus. Yeah. So you get the immune response, mm-hmm. and I'm going to protect against this, yeah. but it's not going to hurt me as much as the regular one does. But then when I get the when I get exposed to the regular virus. Then I have the the um, you know I, I want to use some sort of analogy. Yeah, don't the, don't uh, go beefy, to the cheese analogy. Uh, Your podcast yeah, probably never not. let it go. <laughs> the beefy masculine uh, couriers that fend off bad packages. Okay, so here's the here's the thing. Cole. I'm gonna stop you there for a second. Yeah, because one of my students please, was just asking please, me about please. it today, and the analogy I gave him yeah. is I said, okay, if you went over to someone's house. And their dad opened the door and had a big stick mm-hmm. and just smacked you on top of the head with it. You would probably Ouch. be like, ow, that hurt. Like you'd be taken off guard. And then let's just say you went to another friend's house, but that same dad was at that house and he opens the door and he's got a big stick. You're going to freak out right away. And I'm like, that's kind of what a vaccine yeah. does to you because no matter where you are, it said yeah. to you, we don't like this the first time. And the second time it was like, you're not smacking me on the head like that again. We're getting you out of here as soon as we can. So that's what I said. Yeah. You know, there is there's there's good analogies. Was that a bad and one? And then there's great analogies. No, no, no. <laughs> and then there's uh special ed analogies which are like prime analogies. Dude, I tell you. I feel like uh yeah, there's there's greatness there. I tell you whenever like special ed analogies, I always go to like basal primal things. It's always either like about poop. <laughs> Or it's about or getting, getting hurt. hurt. <laughs> That's like, people understand that stuff, man. You know, mm. yeah. It's kind of but but listeners, we're we're not haters on those who don't. You know, if you think that the vaccine's not right for you, I am a you know I, I think you should do you. Um, but I just think it's funny, like the and I would lo- like people to be aware that that's what vaccines do. But I don't want to call people stupid, so that's what I bring. Mm. So. And I wouldn't call you stupid if you said that. Is there anything yeah. you would call someone that, stupid for? Do you um, call people stupid? Probably, You're a nice guy. You don't call people stupid. No, no, no. I would never say that to someone's face ever. Um, uh, what would I... What, 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 like, what's an analogy? You're not an analogy. What's a real-life situation where I might think, that was really dumb. So I don't, I, that was I don't call people stupid, but I will tell people, mm-hmm. you were too smart to act this dumb. Let's figure this out. <laughs> like that's like yeah. I say that to Amarla. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're too smart to play this dumb. Let's figure it out. Yeah, huh? she is too smart. She is, and I think like and I like using that phrase, especially with like kids that you coach or you, uh, like my own children, because it's like, yeah, I am kind of playing it up on you here. Let me figure this out. Let's talk about it. You know. So anyway, I did think of something. Okay. Um. When a podcast host <laughs> decides to name all of the uh, Patreon supporters and then forgets at least oh. one. That's stupid. Who did and we that forget? was on me. I knew we had to forget something. We forgot Nathan Anthony oh, at least. Balls. I didn't look through the list again, but we totally forgot Nathan Anthony. And he was so kind to jokingly send us a shaking his fist uh, did he? Oh, I didn't even on see uh, Instagram. I didn't even see it. Yeah, oh, it was that's great. awesome. He's, but but now I'm gonna owe him something extra special in his couriered package. Oh, so man. and don't forget, people, if you want to get your own very own very own couriered package, I don't know why I said it that way. Um, yeah, hit us up on Patreon, and uh, you will get a couriered package full of goodies, such as great whiskey. So now where's where's Na- uh, Nathan? Nathan keep that in mind. Is Nathan? Nathan's not in Texas. He's somewhere south, though, isn't Where is he? he? No, where is he? Uh, I want to say Milwaukee. Oh, he's north. Okay. But I won't give away the exact address. Uh, but I want to say it was Wisconsin. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I wasn't asking yeah. for the exact address. Everyone, of the check this out. He's got whiskey, and he's he's also really photogenic, or something. I don't oh, know. <laughs> man. I tell you what, <laughs> okay. Nathan Anthony. 
any woman who ends up with you is a lucky woman. Maybe the luckiest. I he actually you. is a stud. I've seen some pictures of him. He's a good looking guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? That's a, that's yeah, that's another so. perk of Patreon. That's not, like you just sign up and we will just yeah, compliment your looks. You get very complimented. We, like, honestly, we got we got we have really good looking Patreon su- supporters. It's that's yeah, amazing. we do. I mean, have you seen Caleb Olson? Yeah. Come on, seriously, what a guy. Yeah, that guy's that guy has. Uh, you know, he can he he doesn't grow one, but I can tell he can grow a great beard if you wanted to. Oh, it's yeah. right there. If he wanted to, yeah, he's that type of guy. That's a great way to say. He's got like the John Wick Caleb. kind of stubble. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. I will say one thing too. I am envious of his house. I would love to live on a lake in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. with a wood burning right stove. on the lake oh. with the wood burning. Yeah, oh, I was just about man. to say that. Yeah, yeah. No, so like yeah, we're talking so. about like Chelsea and I were talking about like this stuff in Texas in general, and uh, I was like, mm-hmm. we got to put a wood burning stove in the garage so that. Yeah. If we ever lose power, we can, you know, fire it up in the garage. We could sleep in the garage because we got, you know, the gym in there and we got the mats on the floor. True. Or we can sleep in the bonus room above where the heat goes. Because I love wood burning stoves. And she she didn't go. They're pretty nice. You, are they expensive? They're probably expensive. Um, I mean, you can get. It, Maybe like the setup, it's, the it's, system. It's of one it. of those things. It's like bicycles. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. you can get a bike at Walmart for 80 bucks, 100 bucks. Or you get a really nice bike Mm. at a specialty bike shop for thousands, you know? For sure. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to be like, once you learn, you just never forget. (laughs) It's like a bike. Once you learn learn the prices of them, you never forget them, Cole. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, anyway, we should probably get into the history and what we're drinking today. So just just so everyone knows, we are drinking... Remus Volstead 14 year reserve. And I think it's Volstead Reserve 14 year. Um, but we'll get into what all that means. Uh, but before we do, uh, we'll send it to break. But then, but before we send it to break, I did want to send a huge <laughs> thank you to our friend Ben Klepzig yeah. uh, at Madtown Marketer, all one word, I believe. And uh, he provided us. Uh, two samples of this, two two ounce samples, one for me, one for Robbie. Thank and you, this man. bottle retails at two hundred dollars. Yikes! Uh, so that's huge. We appreciate that, Ben. Seriously, so, that's um, awesome. Thank you so much. And then here we go to break, and we'll be back, and we'll talk some history. So here we go. <laughs> All right, we're back. And like I said, we are drinking Remus Volstead Reserve 14-year. And this is our first Remus or George Remus bottle on the podcast. Uh, But it is certainly not our first MGP juice. Uh, But I do believe it is our first MGP-owned whiskey thus far. Oh, okay. Uh, I I felt like in this history, I could have talked about MGP as a distillery, not not just as like a producer of other people's stuff. Uh, but I actually thought, you know, in the future, especially because MGP is buying up a few brands, we will get an episode where we can talk about MGP. But I thought I'd talk <clears throat> about a man instead. And the the first question that is rhetorical is who was George Remus? He was the great great so great grandfather about... of Harold Remus in Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know? is that his last name? Oh, Harold Harold Remus is the is uh, Egon, I believe in Ghostbusters. Who's Egon? In Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, do you know I've never seen that movie? Really? Yeah, I'm not a huge Bill Murray fan, although I do love. How do you know Groundhog Day? Oh gosh, okay. So what makes you not a Bill Murray fan? Like, I mean, I, I get like... I don't know. I get like, uh, you know, post-80s Bill Murray. Because I, I, he definitely took like a more artistic direction in a lot of his choices. But what makes you not like it? No, I, it's it's more the pre-late 80s um, Bill Murray that I don't like. So, so it's the same reason I don't love Jack Black, but I do love Nacho Libre. It's like, there's just a fit role for him. Uh, but sometimes they just overdo it. Uh, that's my thought. Like I, I like if you watch School of Rock, like I do think that Jack Black overdoes it. 
And if you watch like Caddyshack, I do think that um, Bill Murray a little bit overdoes it. Mm. But if you watch Nacho Libre or Groundhog Day, they're both like perfect movies in my opinion. They're like some of the best movies Have ever. You, what about what about Bob? Oh, that was one of the worst. Are you kidding me? It could have been the worst. Cool. This is the I first time I've ever disliked so you in the whole my time. life. Yeah. No. What about Bob? Is it's great. like uh, maybe I need to watch it again. Oh. But I remember watching it and thinking, "Wow, he is overdoing it." But that's that's yeah okay. But that's the that's the je ne sais quoi. It's like what like. <laughs> oh, you're asking like Adam Sandler hey Adam in this movie don't shabadoo you want to see that <laughs> shabadoo <laughs> do you like you like Adam although there you know even do you like I Billy do. Madison okay. um, do you like Billy Madison I yeah yeah I would say so do you like, like uh, Happy Gilmore yeah no but uh, you know I, there's they, the, I like I, I like Weezer but they're silly too like there's just the line though you know, Sandler that crosses I that just line feel like, way before Bill Murray ever does. Yeah, you got a point there. I think you need to go back and revisit Stripes. Stripes yeah, is amazing. John Candy. I'm I'm, uh, I'm open. I'm open to it. Okay. Anyway, so Mr. Remus. I, I, though I I can't say I've seen too many Bill Murray movies, uh, but that was probably number one. Was was um, what about Bob? Oh, I love it. But. George Remus. Yeah. Let's talk about a brilliant man named George Remus. Uh, he was a go-getter and super smart guy. Uh, he was born in Germany in 1878 and immigrated to America when he was young. His In his teens, he actually went to pharmacy school and even bought, a, uh, bought out the family pharmacy at age 21. Wow. But a few years later, he apparently got pretty bored of being a pharmacist, though, and he went on to uh, school to become a lawyer. And then he basically becomes like a really big deal lawyer, and he becomes like a famous criminal defense attorney. And he even became famous for pioneering the uh, the what's called the transitory insanity plea, also known as temporary <laughs> insanity. Oh, uh, which he got a lot of people out of trouble with, and he became very wealthy as a lawyer, uh, super wealthy. Like like these days, making like millions of dollars a year just by being the lawyer, and he was very good at defending some big time criminals. So let's just say you know, 1920 comes around, and the Volstead Act was ratified, and prohibition begins. And so that's, if you didn't know, the Volstead Act was the, you know, the, the law or the act that became a law that became prohibition. I did not know that. Um, or no, I, uh, that's not, a, I don't know if you can call an act going into law. It's a bill that goes into law. So an act is, I guess, a law. I don't know. Uh, yep, I get so what you're Volstead saying. I don't know is, if you're getting the right, the taking there. the right steps to get there, but I get what you're saying. And I didn't know it either way. That's interesting. S- speaking of steps. Have you ever seen the uh, I'm Just a Bill uh, Schoolhouse Rock? Yeah. Do I remember? Sitting here on Capitol. So Hill. wait a minute. I don't know. That's just what I think. Yeah. Vols. No, never mind. Because I was thinking like the Tennessee uh, football team is the Vols. They call them the Vols, but it's volunteers, <laughs> not Volstead. I thought. It's the lamest and sports I thought, name I ever. I thought for it was like, I thought it was like the Volstead, like Tennessee whiskey moonshine sort of thing that'd be cool yeah, no this no, is one not. of the worst things that ever happened to whiskey so well i thought maybe it was like, um, yeah. anyway but anyway uh right around that time remus george remus finds a new career you know why because he's a really smart lawyer and even worked as a pharmacist and he becomes a really successful bootlegger he found multiple loopholes in the Volstead Act legally. Of course he did. And realized that whiskey was able to be medicinally sold, which wasn't super obvious at the beginning. In fact, there were, you know, people had to apply for their, uh, what do you call them, their, their permits to even make whiskey uh, for medicinal purposes. And there were, I want to say like 10 or 13 distilleries in total for the whole country were able to get that that permit. But... Um, basically what he does is he buys out a buttload of distilleries 
and even pharmacies in the meantime. And he also buys like fleets of trucks and even at one point had over 3,000 employees. One thing he did in order to keep his bootlegging money, you know, coming in was to legally make whiskeys at the distilleries that were holding permits to make whiskey. And then he started couriering his whiskey via trucks to pharmacies that were writing, you know, prescription or filling prescriptions for whiskey. But on the way, they'd somehow get hijacked by criminals, you know, as they're going to the pharmacy. Oh, no. So where did the whiskey go? Well, it all went back to George Remus because he planned the whole thing. (laughs) And this guy was brilliant. Like, and you'll see how brilliant this guy was. It's almost scary and sad how brilliant this guy was. So then he'd sell the stolen whiskey to, you know, like speakeasies or whoever was looking for a good bottle. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a matter of three to four years, he made $40 million. That's a lot of more money back then. In the 20s. Yeah. That's the equivalent of $600 million these days. So, like, more than half of a billion dollars he made in three or four years. Uh, This guy was rolling in it. And apparently he would host these crazy parties. Like, like parties where the the party favor was, like, giving every woman at the party a car. (laughs) And, like, giving men diamond things and stuff. I don't know. It's crazy. That sounds backwards. Actually, there was some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, He had trouble with his wife. Um yeah, and my wife, wife would be like, upset originally if I was, was on board. Random ladies' cars too, and men diamonds. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it was yeah. Given men, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he eventually got re- arrested um, for you know stuff that related to bootlegging. He got out. Uh, his wife had left him for another man. He murders his wife in broad daylight. What? And got out of it. And you know, want to know how he got out he of it? He pled insanity. He pled temporary insanity. Yes. Didn't even go to a psych ward. Just walked away, basically. Because, you know, if Dude you... Dude was brilliant you, in the you courtroom. You temporarily go insane once. It's not going to happen again. He, he would bring in, like, people that knew him, and they would, like, attest to his character. They'd be like, no, he would never do that. And like he did it in broad daylight, and they'd be like, "No, he he must have been temporarily insane," and he got out with that. Jeez. Crazy story. I I recommend. Um, there was I want to say it was uh, the YouTube channel called The History Guy. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's the name of the YouTube channel, but look up George Remus, and it was called like The King of Bootleggers, and it was insane. Like if you look into like his life and how he like first divorced his wife, left his kid behind, Ugh. took took on this new wife who like eventually left him and like but basically they say with all these things they were like maybe f scott fitzgerald wrote uh the great gatsby about someone like him uh who was you know killing it in the bootlegging like really having throwing these crazy parties you know had women that uh were all about him but had one woman that he couldn't woo or couldn't win over um yeah it's um it's it's I could I could see that uh, I don't know if that's what F Scott Fitzgerald had apparently he met F Scott Fitzgerald or something like that I don't know well okay so but, it's the King of Bootleggers in a loophole in the Volstead Act and it's by uh, the history yep, guy it. history deserves to be remembered okay cool yeah yeah check him out it's a great video it, it was actually uh, most of the history I wrote today. I normally I get history from articles and 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 like uh, legit articles, but the history guy does a great job. He cites all his sources and you know at least on the bottom. I think I'll tell you, this Remus and, this uh, Remus guy looks like he looks like an idiot. He looks he like he's stupid. There it is. I said one it. might call him stupid. Yeah, no, he yeah, he looks he, he looks like he's scary looking. Like he's no, yeah, and he was you know. He knew what he was doing, though. He was a very powerful man. Yeah. So anyway, okay. that's what this bottle is named after. Uh, and, and it's a 14-year in honor of the 14 years of Prohibition. Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah. So what we're drinking today, the Remus Volstead Reserve 14-year, is from MGP. And it is a brand 
owned by MGP. It's not like Bullet or uh, Angel's Envy or uh, some of the other ones we've had where, or like Whistlepig, uh, where they might sell, they might buy some of MGP's juice. No, no, MGP owns this brand, George Remus. And this is like a special edition of the George Remus collection. So we talked about uh, what Bottled and Bond was last week. Real quick recap is that Bottled and Bond Act requires... Another act, for the record, uh, requires that the bourbon uh, to be out of one distilling season, one distiller, one distillery, aged for at least four years in government-bonded warehouses, and it needs to be 100 proof, and there's some labeling requirements. Uh, so yeah, this is bottled and bond, as you know, you might have guessed by me bringing that up. <laughs> it has been aged since 2005, uh, was released in 2019. Uh, one of MGP's bourbon mash bills, they have like a good few, um, but one of the big ones is 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% malted barley. So this is high rye. Uh, like I mentioned, 14 years old. Uh, it's a beautiful bottle. Uh, I, sadly, we, we're not popping that cork today. We, we are, yeah, as I said, uh, Ben Klepsig sent us these samples, which we are super grateful for. But the bottle, I wish we had the bottle because it's so beautiful. Uh, it's a really cool looking bottle. Uh, you know, people love, I've been hearing all over the place lately. Like people are like, man, a good 10 plus year MGP bourbon is amazing. And we're getting a 14 year MGP bourbon. And this is going to be a great example. I hope, you know, I'd like to say that Remus, George Remus was a very powerful man, but this could be a very powerful bourbon. Total wine price. I don't know what exactly total wine is, but MSRP was $200. I don't know what that's running for in the secondary because I'm sure there is some secondary movement of this guy. Um, but yeah, 200 MSRP okay. retail. So let's uh, let's pop these okay. uh, sample bottles and uh, and let's have a good time. So Cole, I will say your history did not disappoint. I was excited. Good. Like honestly, like very excited when we were going to drink this to just to learn a little bit about it. And that is maybe one of my favorite histories you've done. That was really good. Nice. Yeah. I appreciate it. Maybe I should watch more YouTube videos. Maybe. I don't know. But it was, well, I mean, they don't all, you know. And Colonel E.H. E. H. Taylor hid children in his crawl space and ate them. Like, that doesn't come up often. Yeah, you'll see that on Yeah, you know, yeah. See that, like, they're all usually pretty decent people. Remus does not sound yeah. like a decent person. No, dude, he like, I think he killed his wife's uh, husband too, or something. He like went after, like in broad daylight. Yeah. But anyway, he was, he was a tough man. Anyway, um, Hmm. I have a little bit of a stuffy nose today, but I am getting notes from this. So I got a little medicinal right off the bat. And the more I'm taking it, it's, Uh it's, uh, ooh, it's got like a really, Nice caramel apple-y kind of a sm- smell to it. Like uh, kind of muted. It's not super strong, but it's really pleasant once you kind of once you get kind of past the vapors. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, rye spice. Not like a... It doesn't smell like a rye, but there are rye spices within it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't think off of the nose that this is a rye instead of what it is a bourbon. Um, but there are some big notes of like... Mm. Kind of like baking spices a little bit. Cinnamon maybe the forefront of that, but not too. It's not too strong cinnamon. It is slightly cinnamon though. What's the proof on this again? One hundred. Oh, that right. It's in bond. Yeah. See, this mm. is okay. So last week we did the uh, early times bottle and bond. <clears throat> yep. And mm. to me, that didn't taste like a bottle. Like like proofage. Like heat wise, didn't taste like it. This tastes taste tastes. Mm tastes more like a bond <laughs> bonded whiskey to me um it's got some heat to it it's really nice really pleasant i mean it's not overpowering anyway but you can just tell like it's a little bit higher proof if this is yeah it's got a nice warming effect on the palate i like it i'm gonna go for another drink yeah i just just sipped <laughs> oh there it goes <laughs> um i i have a mouth sore and so mm. i'm trying to protect that a little bit but anyway, I just coughed. Um, the first notes I get is kind of a lack of notes at the very beginning. Like I, I sipped and I was like, it, nothing. it was only after I really like took a swallow that um, 
things showed up a little bit, but they weren't bad at all. Hmm. I mean, that's not a bad thing like, to have this like gap in flavor. Um, maybe it'll change on the second sip. This kind of, uh, but it is. Go ahead, sorry. It's it's. Uh, now you go for it because I I need to take another. I'm gonna sip. say this kind of has that handy heat to it. I think that's what I'm gonna just call it right now, where it's it's a little hot to pull flavor out almost, um, which is surprising because it's. I wouldn't say that personally. What's that? I wouldn't agree too much with that though. Really? Okay, because I I'm gonna say this. It feels it's not too hot on my side. It feels hotter to me, even on my second sip. And I had you know I had a little bit of a, a bonded whiskey before this. I had some. Early, I bought a bottle of early times, and I had a little bit of early times before it. So it's not like my palate's mm-hmm. you know fresh here. It's uh it's mm-hmm. it's a little hot, which I'm enjoying, but not like in a bad way. It's really enjoyable. I'm not able. I'm not getting a lot of notes out of it right now, but. I like the mm-hmm. heat on it for sure. It's like a perfect balance of heat for me. Where if you if you're looking for like a hot, a hot whiskey, it's nice and hot right now. Mm. I don't know. I'm gonna go for another sip though. See if I can get some notes. You know, the first thing that just crossed my mind, at least, uh, is that this is a 14 year bourbon, mm-hmm. which are very hard to find. Breaking 12 years in bourbon is uh, very rare these days to find it on the shelf. Um, or at least to be, you know, given something like that. So again, thank you, Ben. But mm-hmm. this reminds it. This does this. This really narrows in on a high rye bourbon, though, for me. I'm getting a little bit of. The- it reminds mm-hmm. me of a very more developed Basil Hayden's. Okay. Uh, and I'm trying to get some good notes, though. So yeah, go ahead. So, I'll sip some. More. <clears throat> I'm like my my third sip here. I'm getting a little bit of like the the rye cinnamon that you were kind of pulling on mm-hmm. the nose, but I will say, <clears throat> excuse me, it definitely has like I I love the burn on this one. It's definitely it to me. It definitely feels hotter, but in a really good way. Um, this is mm-hmm. to me. It's just like you're you know just after a day on the slopes, day playing in the snow with the kids, whatever. Like you want just something to kind of warm you up from the inside. This is it, and it hits in a perfect way, um, especially for a bourbon. Like it, it really, yeah. it's you know, like typically I would think more this more like it, to me it feels more like a rye, but for a bourbon mm. it's got kind of just it, it just hits just right. You know, this is a good winter yeah. bourbon, I would say. Yeah, you know, I don't think I love like love 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 Basil Hayden's. But I do really like this mm-hmm. uh, because it's like Basil Hayden's was amped up, you know, to 100 proof and then really just well, in a way, mellowed from the age. Um, it is sweet. It's almost got a candy like or candiness to it. Uh, sweetness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, almost like a, let me let me just take one more. Soup. No, it definitely has a sweetness to it. And like. It to me it's it's almost it's not as cinnamon flavored as like a cinnamon disc, but it's got that kind of sweetness mm-hmm. to me with a little bit of cinnamon uh, on the palate for sure. But like I, I honestly, yeah. so you can like the hand uh, 2020 um, Thomas yeah. H Handy. It was Thomas H. Handy. way uh-huh. too hot. It just like you couldn't taste. It just it was. Yeah. It just hit in a way that was just like it's like it's not. To me, it wasn't worth it. This is hot in all the right ways. Like it just, it it's yeah, warming. It's calming. It's soothing. Like it's it's kind of like you know, like sitting in a hot tub almost kind of a thing. It just it it warms you yeah. up in the right way. So this is I like this. I'm interested to see what it what yeah. it does with the uh, the water and the ice though. Yeah, me too. One thing I do want to note uh, is a very interesting thought is. Normally, when we talk about bourbons, we mention the fruity notes. Mm-hmm. I'm getting like no fruity notes on this. I'm like, getting like slight, maybe, fruity. maybe like white grapes, huh. if anything, uh, come past my mind. Um, and but I'm getting uh, almost like a, um, a slightly caramelized sugar to this. Uh, but then there's yeah, there's a weird. I wouldn't call them dark grapes. I'd call them white grapes for sure. Um, huh, okay. I can see that. So yeah. I will say 
When I was in college, my buddies and I would go to Olive Garden fairly frequently because it was like the all you could yeah. eat. Yeah, like we you get your thing, your nice pasta, and you would take that home. But you would fill you didn't up. Go to Chuck E. Cheese? No. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the you, actually you can't get into Chuck E. Cheese unless you have a kid. Did you know that? That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I did but we go there and, and then like we'd fill up on breadsticks and and salad. But I would always order the white grape juice there, which I'm sure was just like Welch's white grape juice, and it was like nice. you could drink as much as you want. Uh-huh. And I can see your white grapes on it, um, but it is like yeah. a caramelized. Like I, at first, I was thinking caramel apple, but I can see where you're getting that white grapes from because if I think that, I can definitely, I can definitely get a little bit of that for sure. Uh huh. So I just dropped some water. Mm-hmm. A little more vapor. It's a little wetter. Weird. Definitely more vapor. And I um when I did drop the water, it like really clouded up, but then it's cleared up since then. I like this. Yeah, I don't know if I'd buy a good. bottle of it for myself because it's like I said, like the it's it's two hundred is a lot. It is a lot. But this is a treat to be shared for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. thank you, Ben, because yeah. you shared this treat and I am loving having it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, it is very vapory with a little bit with of water. water. Yeah. I just took a sip. And it's, I mean, all together getting the same notes. I think the white grapes standing out a little more. Oh, really good finish. It took like a few seconds after I even sipped it. Nice, nice lingering. Uh, like it's one of those things where you sip the whiskey and you don't have to sip it for another few minutes mm-hmm. because it's still in your in your palate. Like it's still in that finish, you know, level. Uh, I would say that about this one is, um, yeah, a little bit of sugary for sure. And almost that, like I said, the... Um, Almost like slightly caramelized sugar. Like mm-hmm. if you like threw some sugar on a stove top, excuse me, and um, left it there for a little bit and then took it off and threw it in your whiskey. Uh, I have to 100% agree. Killer finish on this. Killer. It yeah. lasts for It might be even days. better. Yeah. Oh, it's uh-huh. so good. I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not, not too different on the... Um, the notes or anything off of uh with adding water it's yeah. definitely like va- a little more vapory but it's still i mean like this is just hitting like the heat of a whiskey perfectly like this is the perfect warming kind of a whiskey yeah there is a good warmth to it and it's not it's not bitter it's not overwhelmingly oh. warm it's like this would be really good just sitting inside watching the snow come down absolutely and not not in an overpowering way. Like some people would say that and be like, and therefore I want stag senior when I'm watching the snow come down. No, this is a very, uh, like, like I almost said smooth, um, really <laughs> like uh, lengthy warmthness mm-hmm. that, that just keeps showing up. It's, but I'm really intrigued to see what, what ice is going to do this. Yeah. I dropped my cube and here we go. Bus driver, drop that cube. And, there it is. Oh man. My, my whiskey is gleamed. Cool. I glean. <laughs> um, glean the cube. Glean the cube. Um, it made mine colder, and it's you know it's, huh. it's got a little little bit of cloudiness to it when you add the cube though. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Nose wise, it definitely uh, kind of muted out some of the vapor there, and it's I, more of that um, appley white grape kind of thing you were talking about there. It's, it's got the nose is nice, like a strong candy note. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still really sweet with ice in it too. Like on the nose, really sweet okay. notes to it. Very brown sugary, kind mm. of like you're saying, caramelized sugar. Never mind, not brown. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, my first impression of the sip was Ooh. like it was kind of similar to the neat pour, where I didn't taste anything for a second, and then it starts showing up definitely more spread out than the other mm-hmm. notes like i'm still getting that white grape i'm still getting a little bit of that sugariness you can tell it's aged well yeah uh oh wow that reminds me of like a good eagle rare at the end of that um like even a eagle rare 17 um 
the very finish, I got a really nice carameliness this, uh, that I didn't expect. This, across all three, has one of the best finishes ever. Like, it just mm. lingers. No bitterness on either any of them. Just yeah, nice, which is very warm. impressive. Oh, this is 110%. If you, okay, so this is not me. I rarely ever ski or snowboard. In fact, it's been years since I have. I don't own a chalet in Aspen. Um, but I would think if you go to your chalet or whatever, uh, what I don't even know if that's a thing. I just, I'm, I, I've been drinking here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you go up and you have wealth and you go skiing and you want to share a bottle with some friends and just talk and be warm and enjoy your cozy evening next to the fire. This would be a good one. This is a hundred and And then, and then your friends are looking at you and you go, oh, 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 and you say, wait a minute, let me show you something. And you put your legs over your head and you pull a lighter out and you light a fart on fire and everybody laughs. This is your whiskey. That's funny. I feel like you've been at some of my hangouts. (laughs) No, but this is like a perfect, I mean, like it's definitely pricey, but this is, yeah, this is really good, really good, really warming, perfect winter. Like if this was less expensive, I would have a, a bottle of this on the shelf for sure. And I think the best thing this guy's got going for it is the finish, mm. because I haven't sipped in like over a minute, and it's still like Absolutely. really sweet, really like that white grape stands out. Oh man, I even get yeah. Like- it'll last. It'll last you all night with with a with a oh. you know. Two or three ounce pour will last you all night with this stuff. Seriously, and I would recommend trying it with ice. It's worth worth finding out. Um, the more my ice melts, it's kind of diminishing returns, but it's de- still good. Mm. I just took another sip. Um, right away with ice, though, I was getting kind of like a a little bit of like a buttery mouth feel. Um, so I used a little. I, I, I didn't have a smaller ice cube, otherwise I would have, but it was a little bit bigger. And so like I got a little bit mm. of bitterness on my last one, but right off the bat with ice. Oh really? It was perfect still. So yeah. Mm-hmm. This is so good. Yeah. See, this is tricky. This yeah. is where we get into like the the budget versus the whiskey. Like the whiskey itself is yeah, phenomenal. Sure. It's a great whiskey. And then like yeah. my budget comes into mind and it's a little bit harder to be like could I justify yeah. rating this for, you know, $200 a bottle? Like, yeah, it's tricky. Uh, yeah, I, I think would I buy this bottle? Ugh, not at 200 What would I spend for this bottle? I would spend close to 100 maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would spend up to 80 85 maybe for this one. Okay. Um, that's me personally. Uh, I do enjoy it a lot though. Yeah. And, and that finish is like, when have I ever used white grapes to describe a whiskey on this podcast? I don't think I've ever used that mm-hmm. note. Um, really nice here. Yeah. I don't know. You got a reading in mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, price, price thrown out the window. I'm not even going to think about that for the rating. Uh, I'm going to give this a 9.08. Okay. Uh, so closer to a 9.1, but not exactly there. It does blow my mind. The finish is great. This is a good aged bourbon. Mm-hmm. Really good. And at 100 proof, I am not uh, mad at all. That's a really good proof for what's going on here. Uh, and at that age, you could do a lot of proofs and pull it off. Uh, I like the, the thing I like most about it is the finish. And you can tell it is at least 12 years old. Like it's got some age to it. And I appreciate that. Um, it is barely, but still mind blowing, uh, just in, in terms of those notes and that finish finish. that just will last forever. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's why I'm giving it a 9.08. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And again, you got to kind of put price aside here on this, but this is to me, it was 9.2. This is, it's warm and mouthfeel finish. Everything you want out of those three things for days. It's amazing. It's really good in those regards. Um, and again, you know, like you can compare bottles and bonds and some are, you know, 
like last week, it was like, I wouldn't have thought it was. This one, I'm like, I wouldn't have thought it was because it was a little hotter. Like, it, it felt more like a cast strength to me. Mm. And it, it hit in the perfect way. So, yeah, I'm going to go 9.2. Yeah. Oops. Awesome. Yeah. And Ben, thank Sorry. you so much because our listeners will hear how I uh, hit a. Uh, ice cube on the table that i'm recording on <laughs> why'd you think <laughs> but that's because so i tried it neat i poured more okay i tried it neat and i'm like no this is better with ice yeah i think water was my favorite really yeah, yeah water water just kind of hit 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 everything perfectly um ice was still really good i think like i said it added kind of like a buttery mouthfeel which i love mm-hmm. um but then the longer the ice was in there the you know i started it it was diminishing returns for sure so yeah yeah but i even think towards the end of the the ice pour was better than um neat and neat was good so ben out there uh try it with ice i think you'll be impressed yeah so what was your rating again 9.2 okay cool so not too far apart Mm mm-hmm I like it a lot. But now I know what time it is, Robbie. Oh, cool. It's time (laughs) for for Whiskey Whiskey World World News. News. All right. It's time for Whiskey World News, part of the show where we... Oh, man. I'm feeling a little too much right now. Where we read an article and we talk about it. Enunciate. Um, What is a... (laughs) what's, What's the... Warm-ups that uh, what's his face does on uh, Anchorman, New Ye- unique New York. I can't do those right now at all. Anyway, oh yeah. I know. <laughs> so I don't know how reputable this site is, hypebeast.com, but oh, it's the most reputable. <laughs> that's where this article comes from. It's written by Nicholas Lee, and it's titled "Japan Finally Establishes What Exactly Can Be Deemed Japanese Whiskey." Let me take a drink here. Real I was quick, hoping you'd read this. I'm like getting weird mouth yeah. sounds. No, oh, then just drink more. It'll fix it all. I drink some more water. Uh, a little chap there. Oh, water. Yeah. Totally. Um, As I'm drinking more whiskey. You drink your whiskey. What? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, despite being Why lauded. Are you saying it that way? <laughs> As some of the finest spirits in the world, the production of Japanese whiskey has not been regulated since the first proper distillery was established in the nation back in 1923. Growing into a major industry, many have now looked to capitalize on the concept of Japanese whiskey, with disingenuous Mm -hmm. branding and production methods. This is why the newly formed government-approved Japan Spirits and Liquor Makers Association has stepped in to establish rules and practices for the industry. The guidelines not only protect producers, but also consumers from being duped into purchasing imitation products from new york city mm-hmm. yeah you're too young aren't you i think so oh there was old because i still don't get it where's where's the salsa from it's made new york city new york city get the rope all right uh pace picante what's what's that from pace pace salsa oh yeah you're too young Miles Ferguson knows what I'm talking about. Thanks, Miles. Appreciate it. Yeah, he does. All he right. totally does. <laughs> Japanese whiskey or Japanese whiskey with an E. Requirements note that raw ingredients must be limited to malted grains, other silver grains, or water extract and water extracted in Japan. Malted grains must always be used with only plain caramel coloring allowed. Okay. The production okay. methods notes that sacrification fermentation and distillation must be carried out at a distillery in japan alcohol content at the time of distillation must be less than 95 percent aging outlines a distilled product must be poured into wooden casts not exceeding a capacity of 700 liters and matured in japan for a period of at least three years thereafter finally bottling must take place only in japan with an alcoholic strength of at least 40 percent at such time um the rules and practices established by the japanese and liquors maker associated will go into effect officially come April 1st, the start of the new business year in Japan. So, Cole, any thoughts when you hear that? I mean, it's kind of straightforward, but you got any thoughts when you hear that? Mm-hmm. I love standardization. <laughs> yes, you do, Huge Batman. fan. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of making it yours. 
And the fact that I could have probably made a whiskey in my garage or something like that and called it Japanese whiskey makes it a little less legit. Um, But no longer can I do that because Japanese whiskey has standards now. And they've always been good. Don't get me wrong. Like Japanese whiskey is amazing. And actually, um, Caleb Olson uh, said he would send us via courier, um, I believe, some Habiki Harmony. So we got to do that soon. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since we've done that. We had the Nika uh, Takatsuru uh, 17 year, I think, most recently. But it's about time we do uh, another Japanese whiskey. No, Um, we had Nika straight from the barrel. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. So, but that's been a while. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Japanese whiskey. I, I do think, and what I, what I appreciate is that, you know, certain even, you know, we talked about that one article about Missouri making like a Missouri whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. Like you can call it an American whiskey and pull it off and that's fine. But if you want to call it a Missouri whiskey, it's got to fit these things or like a Tennessee whiskey. It's got to be these things or like, uh, you know, the, these kind of rules I'm, or even a Texas whiskey. Like I am a huge fan of like buckets of categories that you can put your whiskey in. I love it. Like, and some people might not, some people will be like, well, that restricts the, uh, like the, creativity or something like that no i'm like no you can call it whatever you want but if you're gonna call it a a bourbon you're gonna call it this Mm -hmm. or if you're gonna call it a japanese whiskey you're gonna make it this way or at least have these boundaries but you can call whatever you want but you can't call it japanese whiskey unless it fits these things so i'm a huge fan i don't know what do you think um i think that's it's kind of the sign that you made it right where it's like Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. we we made something that people enjoy, and now we got to make sure that people don't get knockoffs, right? And that's yeah. that's kind of where they're at. So I'm like, good for them. Although I I will say I'm not happy with the adding caramel, right? Canadian whiskey can do that. Well, Scotch Scotch can do that. Scotch can car and Canadian can too as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah, definitely. So Canadian. yeah, I'm not a fan of that. That's the only thing I'm not a fan of. I'm like, just, just. I believe bur not not bourbon can. I believe rye can, but they can't be a straight rye. Okay, but yeah. So like, my thing is like, you know, what? like, don't add anything. You don't need to. Like, why, why add color? Like, like honestly, like, yeah, yeah. I, you really don't need you to. You don't need to. Even if it's light, it's still probably good. Yeah. But for the record, caramel coloring is known to be tasteless, uh, especially the specific whatever chemical it is like it's just like well, only color okay, so, and that's like, like red what food it's known for flavor to it um probably not okay so let's just throw some red food day in there like what the heck why not that's true you got a point so i'm like just don't add to no it. you got a really good point there because yeah it's it, it is only for the sake of fake you, you know what else has no taste to it Cole? that they're doing that. a fart so why don't you just mm-hmm. have, like look people line up and fart in my bottles just add a straight fart just f- yeah just f- like you know how people carbonate butt. or hydrogenate mm-hmm. well you can fartinate it yeah don't need it just like so like okay so like okay hey japanese whiskey you can fart in it but you can't add red food coloring like pff, what <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about i think you got a great point there though robbie yeah, there's Is that <laughs> there, you know how you know we we had the uh we had uh, Seth Benheim on um, from Broken Barrel mm-hmm. Whiskey, and we talked about the different ways you can impact your whiskey. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's you know putting it in a special barrel, for example, like a port barrel or a sherry barrel or a stout barrel mm-hmm. or something like that. That that is not adding flavor; it is in a way infusing flavor from the wood. Now. If you filled your barrel with farts, <laughs> that might actually infuse your whiskey. And it's not adding flavor, it's infusing it. Fart fusion. So we got to find that out. Um, <laughs> whiskey makers out there, you know what to do. <laughs> if we're lucky, that's our first sponsorship. Methane. And we're going to have like... Well, they say... Uh huh. No, I'm just like I don't. I don't. No, yeah. I, I mean, don't know if methanol I is one of the byproducts of of the whiskey making process, but is methane gas a byproduct in this case? It's a who knows. Yeah, it's a premier product. Yeah, 
Hey, cool. Stanking it up. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's time to switch to the next segment. Yeah. yeah. So you, <laughs> oh boy, you're excited to switch to this next segment. Oh, Go ahead. Boy, howdy. It was a good week for Robbie. So uh, last week we talked about yeah, what whiskey really we choose. And it was, what's the most, or uh, what's an underrated bourbon? And I went with Wild Turkey mm-hmm. 101 and Cole went with Old Forester 86. And to be honest with you, I feel like that's a equally, com- I, I would think yours is probably more underrated. So Cole went with OFC 86. You also said OFC, which is not correct. Old Forest. oh. Because OFC would represent the Old Fire Copper. But oh, I think people got the idea that it's o- Old Forester 86. Why did I put a C? I don't know. It's I don't know why. Correct or something. Either. Sorry. Like anyway. So I went. Yeah. It should just be old OF. So anyway, going with old mm-hmm. Forester eighty six, and I think that's probably more underrated. I would agree with Cole. I went with Wild Turkey. And well, you didn't vote that way. I didn't vote that. I know you saw my vote. I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't following it on our page, and I saw it come up on my page, and then yeah, but. Would I get like how much percent? Like less than 80, ten or less Wild than twenty percent? One eighty-seven percent to thirteen percent. It was nice. One of the most that's landslide a, a, yeah. that we had in a long time. Landslide, yeah. So uh, anyway, we had some good write-ins. Uh, whiskey and Revelry. I uh, went with not going to tell you. I don't want to become the next McKenna bottled and bond. I hear you there. I get that. Dramham went with Virginia bourbon, H Hill sourced, and that was a seven-year age stated. Um, I got to check that out. And he says, and now NAS, what's NAS? No age statement. No age statement and only available in two states at $15. So I'm like, oh, nice. Dramhound, huh. let us know. Yeah. We want, we want Dramhound, hit secret. us up, man. Yeah, if it's only available in two yeah. states and you got some, let us know. Um, yeah. Arizona Bourbon Hunter with Evan Williams Bottle and Bond, Old Granddad 114 and Early Times Bottle and Bond. Um, and I had nice. bought that early times bottle and bond. I think that secret's almost out. It's getting rated pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Joel and M09 went with Buffalo Trace down here. It's the same price as 101. Get no one buys it and it's available. That's here. crazy. And Buffalo Trace is available. Like I always see Buffalo Trace too. So I, I got to agree on that point. Lucky you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Jason Preston went with. Not always the case. Yeah. Jason Preston went with uh, Elijah Craig uh, Barrel Proof. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Elijah Craig. I think Elijah Craig. I could agree with that. Is, with the barrel is proof. widely People, you can see it on the shelves, and exactly. they're amazing. Yep. Uh, mm. Pappy Finder went with Wild Turkey Rare Breed, and I think nice. I think it's it, I think that secret's starting to get out too. People are starting. I, it's harder for yeah. me to find that. Uh, and then Marco and Casey also went with uh, Evan Williams uh, Bottle and Bond. So nice. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. So anyway, Cole. We talked about it, but I forget. What was this <laughs> week's going to be? Yeah. So this week is, what is a whiskey that makes you feel very fancy? Oh, that's What makes you feel like uh, I'm sitting in my velvet robe with my snifter swishing around my whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're poured this kind of pour? Oh, man. I'm trying to think of it myself. So I, I've mentioned this before, so it may not be a surprise, but to me... Um, if I'm feeling fancy, it's going to be Blanton's like any Blanton's it's nice. Yeah. You just got that, you know, grenade shaped slash barrel shaped bottle. Got the fancy little like horse on the top where like, I think of, you know, um, the triple crown. And I think of people in fancy clothes, like, you put that on a little cart with some gold plating and a fancy glass, like you look like a fancy man, right? You could, you could pour yeah. some Welch's mixed with some <laughs> white grape juice, white grape juice yeah. with Welch's apple juice in there, and you're still gonna look like a fancy man. Okay, um, that's true. So I'm I'm just gonna go with Blanton's. Blanton's is kind of like the fancy whiskey. I don't know. What do you, what do you got, Cole? So I will allow you to change your answer because mine is going to beat yours if it's in a uh, competition. But I'm going to say Saz 18. Okay. That, if I were poured Saz 18, I would feel like a sir, in case anyone knows that kind of meme reference. <laughs> um, I would, yeah, I would just feel like, like, watch me. I'm drinking Saz 18. Like, that's 
pure fancy. Like you could drink anything of the antique collection. And I wouldn't say any of them are specifically fancy except for Sazetine. One, it's super rare, uh, more rare than almost any other bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's also really good. And like, if I said to some, if I put it on Instagram, like, "Hey, check me out! I'm I'm drinking Saz 18." That would be a pure fancy flex right there. I gotcha. I see what you're doing. Like to a bourbon drinker, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. If I see if yeah, if I see sure. drinking Blantons, I'm like, cool. Cole's got some Blantons. If I see Cole drinking Saz 18, and I'm like, oh, let me put my tux on. I'm coming over, Cole. Um, exactly. But I think to the layman. The, uh, if you mm-hmm, just look at mm-hmm. I, and, and you say fancy, I'm thinking of marketing and things like that. Like you see a Blanton's bottle to me, that I don't know. Anyway, I th- I, I'm not changing my answer, yeah. Cole. We'll see. Okay, I, I, I can dig that. You know, I'm not. I I can almost guarantee you, I'm not going to lose this to a landslide of 13 percent to 70 whatever mm-hmm. it was or 80. I can math is bad. Um, math is hard. It is hard. <sighs> anyway, that sounds good. I like that. Isn't there like a song called Fancy? Okay, cool. I'm so fancy. <laughs> I'm a fancy That's how it goes. Man. Drinking bourbon. In Drinking my Anyway. So I feel like we've been we've been going a little longer on these episodes, but I you know, there was once a time where I felt like we had to like it was almost like I I, I wanted uh, to spread it out, but nowadays it's like I have to stop ourselves um, um, from going too long. I can't. So we do have uh, lined up for next week. Uh, we actually decided ahead of time. We did, which rarely happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to so, be. So uh, uh, you chose Caribou Crossing. Yep, and then we also decided that uh, Wilderness Trail. Uh, I want to say it's the single barrel. Do I have that written down? Oh, I don't have it right next to me. Uh, let me look real quick. Because there are a good few Wilderness Trail. I have it right here. Uh, Wilderness Trail single barrel bourbon. Okay. Um, yep, so we'll put that up next week. Uh, I think I've had both of them, and they're both great. They're both actually really good. And I would actually put them at the same level, from memory at least. Uh, but let's uh, put that into our listeners' hands to decide for us next week. Wilderness Trail, sing- or straight, or not straight, uh, single barrel bourbon, and then uh, Caribou Crossing Canadian whiskey uh, from Sazerac. So, um, yeah, excited for next week. Uh, yeah, I hope that uh, our listeners will have a good time uh, choosing between those two. And Cole, I hope you had a good time going where the bourbon took you today. I I would like to hope that our listeners are drinking straight bourbon and drinking in a straight line or whatever the I don't know what it was but anyway. Cool. I hope your wife doesn't go temporarily insane and murder you in public. Me too. But most of all listeners, I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. Uh-huh.